Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this episode of the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week we discuss faith, family, and the trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join us as we study God's Word together. If you had the chance to ask Jesus anything, what would it be? What would be your question that you would pose to Jesus? We looked last week in our study, beginning our study in John chapter 3, looking at Jesus, the only way. And we were introduced to a man by the name of Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who came to Jesus by night and had a lot of questions. He had questions. He was desperate for answers. And I truly believe that Nicodemus represents a lot of people in our world. They look at Christ. They look at the symbol of the cross. They look at Christianity They look at other Christians, and they have questions about Christ. They have questions about what it means to be saved. They think, uh, is Jesus really the God-man? They question, uh, did he really come? Was Jesus a real man or just someone that was made up in history? What does it truly mean to be saved and on your way to heaven? Can Jesus save me? There's a lot of people that that think that Jesus or God came and or God lo- at least loved the world, but they don't believe that Jesus can save them. There's a lot of people that believe that God loves the world, but they don't believe that God wants to save them. And I truly believe that there's so many people that, like Nicodemus, have questions and they are desperate for answers. Their life displays that they're desperate for answers. So I want to look at very quickly... I want to look at John chapter 3 and look at Nicodemus' questions. We're going to get to Jesus' responses to those questions next week. But let's look first at Nicodemus' questions and let's see if we have the same. Let's see if we can identify with Nicodemus and hopefully uh, answer a few things in our own faith. Or maybe Nicodemus' questions can help equip us Uh, to answer and to give those answers to someone who needs Christ. So let's look at it. We looked at verse 2 where it says, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi or teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except what? God be with him. I think the first thing that Nicodemus questioned in his mind, of course, was a question who Jesus was. Who was Jesus? No doubt he wondered, was he the Messiah? No doubt there were other Pharisees that wondered, was Jesus the Messiah? Was he the one that we've been praying for all our lives? 
And I believe that all faiths uh, worldwide are embedded in that response to the question, who is Jesus? All of religions are based on that one question. I truly believe that. Who is Jesus? How do you interpret the scripture? How do you interpret who Jesus was? Some people believe he's a man. Some people believe he was a prophet. He was a good man. Some people believe he never existed. And by the way, I think that's kind of a foolish position to take, seeing as though we have more writings on Jesus Christ than any other person that's ever existed. Uh, I think I think it's kind of foolish to say that Christ never existed or he was just a figment of people's imagination. I think secular history, uh, much of secular history rather, uh, uh, identifies and solidifies Scripture that Jesus did exist. He did walk on the earth for 33 years. And I believe people do wonder, was he a man? What? Who is this Jesus? Jesus even asked his own disciples and questioned his disciples about himself. In Mark chapter 8, the Bible says, And Jesus went out and his disciples into the town of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? So he asked them, he says, Who do other people say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elias, and others of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? I love how Jesus always gets to the heart of the matter. He says, who do you say that I am? Okay, I understand what everyone else says, but who do you say? And I truly believe that's exactly what it boils down to. Of someone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that's a question that must be answered. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to them? Is he just a man, or is he someone that can take away your sins? Is he just a figment of other people's imagination, or is he the Savior of the world? It's one thing to believe that Jesus existed in history, and it's another thing to believe that Christ is the Son of God. There's some people that believe uh, that he's the Son of God, but they don't believe that he's God the Son, right? Uh, He was sent from God, they believe, but yet they don't believe that he was God's only begotten son come to save the world of their sins. He came to call, the Bible says, sinners to repentance and give light to a dark world that was black from sin. That's that's why Jesus came. And so the question that you've got to ask yourself and the question you've got to ask others who may not know the Lord is they've got to answer that one question, who is Jesus? Nicodemus wondered. He said, except you can only do these miracles except God be with him. He wondered, okay, is God with you or are you God? Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, literally born anew or born from above. He was. There's no doubt in the interpretation of this passage. There's no doubt of what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about a heavenly birth, a spiritual birth. And it goes on in verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was confused. He says, wait a second, you, you, you say that I'm supposed to be born again. And I truly believe this was kind of the second question 
in Nicodemus's mind, not only who Jesus was, but I believe he confused spiritual things with physical things. Jesus, he jumps to the heart of the matter, and I love how he goes right in in verse 3. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He didn't have any flatteries or no formal introductions. He literally just, he performed open-heart surgery on a man that was dying on the inside. Uh, He was someone desperate for answers, and Jesus jumps right to the heart of the matter. And I love that. And Nicodemus, can you imagine the look on his face? I I need to what? (laughs) Be born again? Uh, How in the world? How can I be born when I'm old? No doubt if he was an old man, then we could probably presume that his mother had passed away. So Nicodemus is probably thinking in his literal interpretation of what Jesus is saying, uh, his literal mind, analytical mind, he's thinking, uh, how in the world? If my mother's passed, this is going to be impossible. I can't be born again. And we know that he was completely confused because he says, can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He was talking about a physical birth. How in the world can I enter into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus explains even further. He goes on to say in verse 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of people take this verse and they use it uh, for water baptism. But we know that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He is talking about, in this context, he is talking about a physical birth. My wife right now is pregnant with twins. And so we're expecting twins in a little less than a month, or a little over a month, rather. And uh, and we are about to pull all of our hair out. It's going to be great. And uh, and so but we're, we're super excited about it. But each one of those babies are the healthiest kind of twins that you can have. They are in their separate sacs. They have their own sacs. They're surrounded by fluid. Okay, They have their own umbilical cords. They don't share anything whatsoever. And that's actually very, very healthy uh, to carry twins. That way they don't share anything. The nutrients doesn't get, uh, one doesn't take more nutrients uh, from the other or anything like that. And that's a great situation to have. And that's exactly okay what happens when a baby is born. That sac, that placenta, eventually comes out. That's water and blood comes out with the baby. Okay, And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Born of water and of the Spirit. And there's some people that are very adamant that this is water baptism. But then you go on and you look at Nicodemus' question in verse 4. And he's literally asking about a physical birth. So Jesus is giving him an answer about uh, the difference. He's showing the difference between a physical birth and a spiritual birth. And he goes on to verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Okay, so that verifies even more. Jesus is talking about a fleshly or a physical birth. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7, Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So Nicodemus, he was confused. He he confused uh, what was supposed to be spiritual. He confused with physical things. And you know what? I think that's a lot of people today. I think salvation to a lot of people... Uh, is more of an external effort than it is an internal work of God. Uh, it is sacraments and tradition and church membership, and it is accomplishments. And we put so much stock, and so many people put so much stock in their good works to take them to heaven. They literally, as we looked at last week, they externalize faith. They take what is supposed to be a work of God in the heart. They try to make it a work of man 
with their hands. They literally try to work their way to heaven. They think in physical terms and in earthly terms. They think if they do these certain things this amount of time or or climb this mountain and reach this certain feat, uh, then their God will be pleased and, and will merit their ticket into whatever heaven is, their interpretation of heaven is for them. And there's a lot of people that are stuck in that attitude of externalized faith. But you know, the truth of the matter is that no sacraments, no tradition, no church membership, no accolades, no accomplishments, nothing that we can do, okay, can give us a ticket to heaven. Nothing that we can do can pay our sin debt. Jesus Christ is the only way. It is through faith in the gospel. What's the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection. It is faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? So for by grace you save through faith in that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Oftentimes when I'm witnessing to other people, I'll quote this verse and I'll say, did, it, did you get a gift this past Christmas? I'll say, yeah, sure. I got one from, you know, my wife or my grandparents or whatever. And I said, did you work for that gift? Well, uh, no, not really. Well, then why did your grandparents or whoever it was, why did they give you that gift? Well, I don't know, because they appreciate me, they love me. And I tell them, that's it. That is the gift of salvation. We don't deserve it. It is the gift of God. We don't work for it. We don't try to earn it. It is literally God's gift to us to give us eternal life. The only thing that we've got to do is what? Accept it, right? It's one thing if your wife buys you this really nice tool set for Christmas. She wraps in this beautiful box and she takes extra time and does a great job wrapping this huge box and puts it under the Christmas tree. And it's great if you walk by and say, well, you know what? Uh, It's really nice to look at. I don't think I'm going to touch it. And you let it sit there for another year. And then you let it sit there for another year. And you just let it sit there and you never open it up. Guess what? You're never going to use the tools inside. You're never going to have the benefit of that gift if you don't open it. If you don't what? Accept it. And that is the gift that God gives us, the gift of eternal life. Ephesians goes on to say, Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So that verse is literally talking about we cannot work our way to heaven. It is through faith in Jesus Christ as the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Nicodemus was confused of who Jesus was. He confused spiritual things with physical things. And I think lastly, the question that Nicodemus had in his mind, and I think many, many people have, is he questioned the reality of salvation. You see this word in John chapter 3 from Nicodemus, how? How is it possible? 
How is it possible? He goes on to say in verse 9, after Jesus tell, gives him the difference between what a physical birth is and what a spiritual birth is, and he explains to him all that, he gives him an analogy in verse 8, which we'll look at later. Nicodemus asked this question. He says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? He questioned the reality of salvation. You know what I think was going through Nicodemus' mind? I think what was going through Nicodemus' mind was, Okay, I know I need to be born again, but how can this be? How is this possible? How can it be true for me? And I think ultimately that is at the center of many people's question is it when it comes to their salvation, when it comes to the questions of God, can God save me? Because I think there are many people that believe that God is beyond saving them. They think that their past is so hideously engrossed in sin that he can't reach down and save someone so wretched, right? They think in their mind, well, they, they don't know my past. You've heard that before. You, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. There's no way that God can save me. And I want to remind you today that there's never a soul that God's hand is too short to reach. There's never someone that is so far in the mire of sin that God cannot reach down and claim as his own. God extends his gift of salvation to all. In verse 16, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means anybody. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there are some that will teach you that God has ordained some for hell. God has ordained some for heaven. And I believe that is so false. We see that John 3, 16, one of the most quoted verses of Scripture, whosoever, I don't know why it's so hard to understand foreknowledge. Just because God knows something's going to happen in the future doesn't mean he violates man's free will and makes them get saved in the future. Uh, Just because he knows it's going to happen in the future That doesn't mean he's in the background moving all the pieces together and violating man's free will. I truly believe God is so sovereign, he can create a boundary for himself and not step in that boundary. He gives man free will, and he puts himself outside of that. He gives them free will. He gives them free liberty. He knows all about it. He knows what they're going to to choose, but yet he still gives them complete and full will and volition to do whatever they please. And so I want to challenge you today. If you have some of the same questions as Nicodemus, I want you to turn to John 3 and the Word of God, and I want you to read that prayerfully. If you need to, read it on your knees and pray, God, help me to answer some of the questions of who you truly are. And help me, Lord, to not confuse the physical things or the spiritual things with physical things. Lord, help me not to get those confused. Help me to know that salvation is a work of God. It's not nothing that I can earn or do, but it's, it is your work in me. And Lord, help me, as Nicodemus questioned, help me to understand how I can be saved. Help me to understand, Lord, all I've got to do is call unto you and I can be saved. I want to challenge you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would love for you to reach out and get that settled today. Uh, you can go to my website at tylerarobertson.com and uh, there's a contact me on there that you can uh, email me or contact me with any questions that you have. And I'll be happy to show you uh, maybe in more detail what we talked about today, how you can trust Christ. 
But there's no doubt in my mind, most of you that are listening, you've already done this. You've already trusted Jesus as your Savior. So I want to ask you, who is the Nicodemus that needs answers? Who is someone that you know that is questions who Jesus is? Who's someone that you know that may have questions about salvation and God can use you as a mouthpiece to win them to Him? Who is the one that you can show Jesus to? Thank you for being our guest today on the Navigator Podcast. Please visit our website at tyleraroberson.com for helpful articles and other resources. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tyleraroberson.com. tyleraroberson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.